start talking, I'm going to start out talking about the devil. If anybody knows me at all, they know I do not give him attention, I do not give him credit, and I do not talk about him. But this actually goes together with what I'm going to be sharing. So anyway, there's a lot of humor in it, I think. So anyway, I, I actually took this, and after I read it, I folded it and I put it in my Bible. And I don't put stuff in my Bible because I don't like it to fall out. So I just put it in there, and I thought to myself, I'm going to share that somewhere along the line, to someone along the line. And a few days later, Pastor Jim got a hold of me, and he said, hey, I'm going to be gone on the 10th. Would you like to speak that day? And so when Jim asked you if you'd like to speak that day, the answer is yes. yes. Actually, I said, sure, I would love to. And then I put gulp. <laughs> So anyway, as I was talking to the Lord about, like, what do you want to release, I opened my Bible and I saw this, and then I remembered that I had said, I'm going to share it somewhere along the line, and I'm like, God, you made that so easy. So anyway, this is what I'm going to share, and it will all fit together. We are going to do a couple activations. I do want to preface by saying this does not apply to anybody in this room, so I don't want wives looking at husbands. I don't want husbands looking at wives. It's for somebody online, and I totally mean that. I believe somebody is going to get delivered online today from a couple things. So preface, so I don't want you to feel uncomfortable at all. All right, now that I got all that out of the way, we're going to talk about Satan's meeting. So if some of you might remember this from 18 years ago, if it stuck with you like it did with me. Paul actually remembered it. So Satan called a worldwide convention of demons. In his opening address, he said, we can't keep Christians from going to church. We can't keep them from reading their Bibles or knowing the truth. We can't even keep them from forming an intimate relationship with their Savior. Once they gain that connection with Jesus, our, our power over them is broken. So let them go to their churches. Let them have their covered dish dinners. Remember, this was 18 years ago. But, but steal their time. That doesn't change. But steal their time so they don't have time to develop a re real relationship with Jesus Christ. This is what I want you to do, said the devil. Distract them from gaining Distract them from gaining hold of their Savior and maintaining that vital connection throughout their day. How shall we do this, the demon shouted. Keep them busy in the non-essentials of life and invent innumerable schemes to occupy their minds, he answered. Tempt them to spin, 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 borrow, borrow, borrow. Again, I know this doesn't apply to you guys, but just go with the flow. Persuade the wives to work for long hours and the husband to work six to seven days each week, 10 to 12 hours a day, so they can afford their empty lifestyles. Keep them, spending time, keep them from spending time with their children as their families fragment. Overstimulate their minds so they cannot hear that still, small voice. Entice them to play. Now, this is funny because it was 18 years ago. Entice them to play the radio or their cassette player whenever they drive to keep the TV, the VCR, their CDs, and their PCs constantly going in their home. And see to it that every store and restaurant in the world plays non-biblical music constantly. This will jam their minds and break that union with Christ. So I'm going to pause there for a minute just to kind of add something. So I'm thinking about our ear gates. We have to be so careful what we allow in our ear gates. 
There's, we're so bombarded right now with everything, so we have to be very careful, like no matter if it's movies, if it's music we listen to, whatever that is. Most of us know that we have to protect our ear gates. But I'm thinking about just even series that are on TV. It never fails. God bless Paul. He is so patient with me. We can be in the middle of a series, maybe have watched four or five episodes, and it never fails that they'll introduce a character, and it'll be one that is like all of a sudden going to say, GD this and GD that, and JC this, and I'm like, you know what? That was just, I'm, we're not watching it. We can't finish this series because that, I, number one, I think it's an, it, well, it's an insult to our Lord. But, you know, he's our Lord and Savior, and we're listening to somebody use his name against everything in us, and it just isn't right. So for me, I have to turn that off because that stuff stays with my spirit for a really long time. And then I can't do violence or I can't do very much. So God, and I don't like Hallmark. So we don't have, we're very limited as to what we can watch. He'll say, can we watch Hallmark? I'm like, no, I can't, I can't take those. So we don't get to watch very much. But anyway, we want to watch what comes into our ear gates. It's really important. The other thing, and this I laugh too about coffee tables because probably most of us don't have them. Fill the coffee tables with magazines and newspapers. Pound their minds with the news 24 hours a day. That's a real thing right now. We have to be really careful because our, literally our minds can be pounded with the news. So we have to really watch what goes in our ear gates. Matter of fact, Paul was gone for about 10 days. He went to Canada. I didn't have the TV on at all. I didn't watch any news. It was so freeing. Not that we watch a lot of it, but we'll usually watch to catch up on what's going on. But you know what I found out? I didn't miss anything in those 10 days. Because as soon as I turned it on, I'm like, they're talking about the same thing. And not, I don't think any of it's true. So it's just like, it's exhausting. So invade their driving moments with billboards, and we'll see that a lot, or flood their mailboxes with junk mail and every kind of newsletter and promotional offering, free of product, service, and false hopes, just to get your attention off of Jesus. Okay, this is where I'm going to do an activation. It doesn't apply to any of you online, but somebody uh, here, but it does online, and somebody's going to get healed. We are in a training and equipping center here at Zion, so I'm actually going to teach you the tool so that you can help somebody else that is struggling with this because there are people that are struggling with it. I see people, we have a Sozo ministry here that is our inner healing and I'll say freedom instead of deliverance because deliverance freaks people out. So it's our inner healing and freedom ministry. But I see week in and week out, nobody from here, I'm serious. It's like week in and week out, I see people come in because they're struggling with pornography. So we really wanna watch our eye gates because here, this is what the meeting was about. Keep skinny, beautiful models on the magazines and TV so their husbands will believe that outward beauty is what is important. So it only takes a little bit, and we are bombarded on our phones, our laptops, uh, social media. You can't even go through the store. There's magazines everywhere. We, it's just a constant bombardment. And so what I have really seen with this is, well, a couple things. I want to teach you the tool about this so you can help somebody else get free from this. Because it starts out, and this is actually, I do this in Sozo. It could start out with literally, let's say, a 10, 11-year-old boy. And it's not just boys, by the way. Women, too. So uh, let's say it's a 10 or 11-year-old boy is exposed to pornography. This is just a real quick thing. I'm not going there long. So exposed to pornography, maybe a friend of his showed him a magazine or pulled something on his, up on his computer or whatever that looks like. It just takes that one time. 
because what happens is there's the curiosity, and the curiosity will, will typically go another place, another place, another place. So in the spirit realm, I want you to understand this. Here's this young boy, just an innocent kid. This is the sexual perversion spirit that is placed on him at that time. Not, it's not like he's possessed, it's placed on him. He's just an innocent kid. So here's that sexual perversion spirit that gets placed on him. It always acts out. I won't go in the ways that it acts out, but I will tell you what happens is pornography addiction. I've seen men, actually men that have struggled for 20 years being in counseling for pornography. It started here as a young boy, whom sexual perversion spirit. So I'm going to teach you how to get rid of the sexual perversion spirit so that you can help, because I can guarantee you every one of you knows somebody that's, that's struggling with, uh, with pornography and stuff. So anyway, it's kind of twofold. I just want you to close your eyes for a minute. So generally what I'll do is I'll just go in and we'll do divine editing. It's just a real easy thing. You don't have to remember this part. I'll, have you, I'll tell you what part you really need to remember. So this is divine editing. And this is where the Holy Spirit just goes in and divinely edit out the pictures and the mindsets and the strongholds from that. So I'm just going to hit it because this is going to help somebody online. So Holy Spirit, I thank you right now for just coming and editing out the pictures, the mindsets, the memories, the strongholds related to pornography. And Holy Spirit, I ask you to come and transform and renew that person's mind right now with God's normal. Thank you, Lord. And I call forth and jumpstart and command all cognitive, physical, emotional, sexual, and spiritual development and to come into alignment with heaven right now in the name of Jesus. And this is what you want to remember. And I tell you right now, sexual perversion spirit, you come off of that person in Jesus' name and you go to the foot of the cross right now. Your assignment is null and void as of now. So I think it was even Victoria was talking about the blood of Jesus. That is covered by the blood of Jesus. And God, I just thank you right now that you are creating a new foundation, a brand new foundation. I just thank you right now for brand new neuro pathways where those other pathways are so worn out. I thank you that you're really great at just going in and creating brand new pathways. Brand new pathways. Thank you for that, Lord. Brand new pathways. So you just remember, if you're working with somebody, all you do is you speak to that sexual perversion spirit and you tell it to go to the foot of the cross. And because of the authority and the power you work in, it, walk in, it will have to. And then that person will be free from that. Yeah, thank you, Lord. Actually, both of those men that I told you about that were, were 20 years one of them um, came back to me, well, actually both of them did, and said, one of them said, I tested it and I tried to go back to pornography and I couldn't, there was no desire at all. So we just thank you, Lord, for that. Yeah, thank you, Lord. And then I'm gonna go read one line of this, but it is kind of funny. And it says, keep the wives too tired to love their husbands at night and give them headaches. <laughs> Had to, I won't read the rest of that though. And give them Santa Claus to distract them from their children, the real meaning of Christmas. Give them the Easter Bunny so they won't talk about resurrection and power over sin and death. It's not you guys, but it's out there, right? 
Even in their recreation, let it be excessive. Let, let them return from their recreation exhausted. Keep them too busy to go out in nature and reflect on God's cre creation. Send them to amusement parks, sporting events, plays, concerts, and movies instead. Nothing wrong with any of that. We all enjoy that. But this is talking about excessive. There are some people that are very excessive about their recreations. Like, let's, I don't hear any booze. Let's talk about somebody that golfs like maybe every day and they're so tired when they come home because they've been chasing that little white ball around a lot. So, I mean, they're hot. It's like in a, you exert a lot of energy and they're tired. That can be a setup. So you always have to try to balance those things out. So nothing against golf. That's just came to my mind. So keep them busy, busy, busy. And when they meet for spiritual fellowship, they're just going to be busy. Crowd their lives so, with so many causes that they have no time to seek power from Jesus. Soon they will be working in their own strength, sacrificing their health and family for the good of the cause. And that's easy to do. Not that we are like after causes, but you know what I mean. We can actually just do things out of our own strength. And we don't realize sometimes when we walk into that. We, we can start out like this, but then we can go over here and start doing it in our own strength. It will work, it will work, it will work. It was quite a plan. The demons went eagerly to their assignments, causing Christians everywhere to have little time for their God or their families, or to have little or no time to, to, to tell others about the power of Jesus to change lives. I guess the question is, has the devil been successful at his scheme? You be the judge. So with busy, it is in this context, it's busy, it's being under Satan's yoke. And I actually changed that to being under the Savior's yoke because we're under his yoke, so we operate in a different way. But I think that this is very, very eye-opening. So we just kind of, and it's not a condemnation, it's like, let's do a checkup. <laughs> I always like, I like to do spiritual checkups to see kind of where I'm at and what's going on because it can affect our assignments. So busy can steal your, busyness can steal your time from divine assignments. And I look at divine assignments as, I don't like to use the word task, but just flow with me here. It's like temporary tasks that God assigns to us. It might be something like you go pray for somebody or you call someone specifically, or maybe you have an unction to go help someone, or you just reach out to someone that God, you know, those unctions that you have. Those can be divine assignments. And we don't want to miss those divine assignments because we're so busy. And how many of us do that? I mean, he could, I think about every probably every time I go into Giant Eagle. I go into Giant Eagle, and I don't know how many times I've said, ooh, that person needs healing, bless them, you know, bread aisle. I didn't stop to pray for them. I might have said, oh, bless them, God, heal them, God, da, da, da. But really, if I was really walking, I would probably hear, if I would stop and say, is that my assignment, which I'm sure he'd be like, yeah, it would be like, go pray for that person. But, you know, we're very task-oriented people. You know, for me, I want to get, I don't like to shop, so I want to get in Giant Eagle. I want to get it over with because I have five more things I'm going to do that day, right? But we need to really pay attention because I was thinking about how we are only here on this earth to love people and to bring people to Jesus. And all of the other stuff is just peripheral stuff that we do in life because we have to go to the grocery store and things. But you know what I mean? It's really about that. It really is about that one person in front of us. So we, but we do need to check to see if it's our assignment because there are so many needs and there are so many needs everywhere. As you well know, there's so many needs 
and we can probably take care of a lot of those needs. But that's where you would want to stop and say, not the grocery store part, but that's where you would want to say, God, is this my assignment? Because it actually might not be, it might be somebody else's. And also assignments, there can be parts to assignments. So it's not just a quick impulsive thing, oh, I'm going to pray for somebody. It could be much more drawn out than that. It could be you're going to have a conversation with them, and then you're going to have their phone number, and then you're going to meet them for lunch, and then you're, you know, and then you're going to hang out at your house. It could be like a four or five part thing. So you want to make sure that it is your assignment and that you're not stepping into someone else's. So I'll give you a real quick analogy of one of these. I had um, a friend that this was years ago as well, that we used to go cleanse, not clean, cleanse people's houses spiritually. So if somebody would have a problem, they would get a hold of us, and anyway, we go cleanse the house. So she called me one day, and she said, hey, I'll just throw out a name, um, Kathy, I'll just say Kathy. So Kathy's house needs cleaned out, cleansed spiritually. There's all kinds of things going on in her house. Well, uh, see, that, that's my passion. I love to do that, I think. I think it's fun. But anyway, so she was telling me there's all things going on in her house. Her Christmas tree keeps falling over, and then they put it back up, and it falls over, and it comes, and she puts it back up. And I'm thinking, well, that could, you know, happen if you didn't put it up right. And her cabinet doors in her kitchen keep opening, closing, opening, closing, opening, closing. I'm like, hmm. So, and then there were a couple other things that I won't even mention. So she's like, she really, and I knew this person as well. She says, so she really wants us to come over and cleanse her house. She's got a lot of demonic stuff going on. And I was like, it's not my assignment. I mean, I knew that I knew. I'm like, that is not my assignment. As much as I would have liked to have done that, it wasn't my assignment. I still don't know to this day why it wasn't my assignment. I have a couple guesses. But so my friend went, and as she walked up, she went by herself, which she shouldn't have done. But she walked up the steps, and she heard, er, 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 er. So she opens the closet door, and all of the hangers in this closet are in unison doing this, squeaking, going back and forth, back and forth. And she's like, whoa. And I'm like, I probably wouldn't have a heart attack there. That was probably why I wasn't supposed to go right there. <laughs> then she goes to a bedroom, and she opens up a door, and there was a doll baby, baby doll, whichever. It was on the bed, and it flipped over and said, I hate you. And my heart attack number two wasn't supposed to be there. So anyway, she cleansed the house. The house got absolutely cleansed, and they never had any problems again. But, see, that wasn't my assignment. I, was there a need? Yeah. Could I have fulfilled that need? Yeah, I don't know. Probably. <laughs> but, but there was a reason it wasn't my assignment. So make sure you always ask, is this my assignment? And don't just think that it is because there's a need. And then I think about calling and how calling is a little bit different from assignment. Calling is more identity. It's like who you are, not something you do necessarily. Like a prophet is not something is, he does. It is, it is who he is. Or it's your, your calling is what you live for. You know, we talk about the seven mountains here. What, what is your pull? It's pull towards something you feel uniquely qualified to do and you have a passion about. It's like you cannot not do it. That's kind of when you know it's a passion of yours. You cannot not do it. You know, evangelists, even though we're all evangelists, like fivefold evangelists, they cannot not talk to somebody about Jesus and get him healed. And I think about uh, Shatish and Derek. Like, they, if you meet them, if a new person meets them, they're going to hear about Jesus. They're going to get healed. They're going to get a card, card to church. They're going to get invited to an RC. I mean, it's the whole, they like cannot not do that because it's that pool that they have. I also think about um, Nancy Hunter. She goes here. Many of you know her. 
like her call is a missionary. It's just not like going on mission trips. Her call is actually as a missionary, which it's really been cool to watch what the Lord's been doing with that because she has that call as a missionary, but she's also a single mom that has teens, that works full time, that goes to school and does a lot of ministry stuff. So I've watched her, I even asked her, I'm like, hey, how many trips have you gone on? Because I feel like she's like, oh, I'm in Nigeria. Oh, I'm in Israel. I'm thinking, how does she go all these places? And I realized as I was thinking about calling, that's her calling. She cannot not do it. And God has blessed her by sending her to these different countries. He, it's amazing how it happens. She'll just go, hey, I heard about Nigeria and I feel like I'm supposed to go. Then something will happen and God, there's the opportunity. And then God will give her the finances for it. And then she her work always blesses it. And I'm like, she's gone a lot. And then she goes, and by the way, I want to go to Australia. And I'm thinking, you'll go because she cannot not do it. And God's letting her do it as she's here, but he's still letting her go. But that's her passion. Or I think about a teacher, like a teacher cannot not teach. If you're talking to a teacher, they are going to be teaching. They don't even know they're teaching you, but they're teaching you. And it's phenomenal, but they cannot not do it. So that's kind of the difference between an assignment and a calling. And it's just if we're too busy, we can miss our assignment or we can water down our calling because we're too tired to full that, fulfill that. So we want to be really careful that we're not too tired and we let our calling get watered down because life stuff gets in the way. Obviously, we have to live life, but I think we can all slow it down a little bit. This is what the actually busy means. I read this and I thought, this is really cool. It's where the minutes are always too few for the list that is always too long. It's where the minutes are always too few for the list that is always too long. That's when you know you're busy. So the Lord gave me, again this year, he gave me the word high alert. He gave it to me a couple years ago and I didn't actually pay a whole lot of attention to it and I got pretty slammed. So I'm paying attention to it now and this kind of goes into the same thing. Like we need to be on high alert and what does that mean? We need to be vigilant, we need to be watchful, wide awake attitude, keenly aware of our surroundings, paying full attention and on guard because the enemy comes to kill, steal and destroy. He comes to steal our time, which steals our assignments and calling. So we wanna make sure that we're on high alert so we don't allow him to come in and get us too busy to steal our assignments or our calling. Now, there's a difference, because I was thinking about this, there's a difference between being busy and having a full life. Many of us just have full lives, and that's wonderful, but there is a difference, and the difference is it might be a little slower. It's intentional. It really is a full life. You have to be intentional not to be busy. You say no, no more than you say yes. You say no more than you say yes. Because you're checking in with the Lord. Is that my assignment? Is that my assignment? So you're asking him and he'll let you know. You're slowing down long enough to be in each moment rather than thinking about what is next. You're slowing down long enough to be in each moment rather than thinking about what is next. And I think about that when like somebody's standing in front of you and you're talking to them and... You know, I, I have to really pay attention. I have to be very intentional, pay attention to that person. 
because my mind will go and I'll be over here and looking at that picture and thinking about lunch. And I want to be very intentional. And I know we all do that. You can tell if somebody's paying attention to you when you're talking to them. If you see their eyes darting around and their body, you know, like, hey, they are, they're just being here out of courtesy, but they're not really listening. So I think we all need to like be very intentional about paying attention to what's in front of us to slow down long enough to be in the moment. An example of that is Jesus in Matthew 9, where he focused on the, on the woman, on the sick woman, as he went to raise a little girl from the dead. It was Jarvis's daughter that he was going to raise from the dead, and there was the woman that was sick. And he focused on that, but as he went, he, he focused on that, but he was able to go and then raise the little girl up too. So we want to catch the holy moments on the way to the miracle. We want to catch the holy moments on the way to the miracle. Instead of skipping over all of those moments, we just want the miracle, right? But there are so many other things that come into play along the way to that miracle. So we need to pay attention. A full life puts people over projects. Puts people over projects. You know what? That project's going to be there, but that person might not be. We don't know. We don't know what each day brings. So is that project more important than the person right in front of you? I'm speaking to myself, trust me, on all of this, minus that one part. <laughs> Cultivates relationships over likes and follows. Isn't it more important to have like a face-to-face -face conversation with somebody? Or, man, we live in a microwave society. It's all about Vox, text, email, how fast we... I found out email, and people don't even care about email anymore. It's too slow. I'm like, why don't people answer their emails? And it's like, because they don't look at them. It's like, that makes sense. But if you can Vox and text real quick. So it's like, we're in that microwave society of communication. So maybe we just need to slow down and cultivate relationships with each other instead of on Facebook, a like and follow, like and follow. Because, see, that's real easy, isn't it, just to do that? Like, hey, thinking about you, not really, not really. I just, mm-mm. I, I mean, this really spoke to me because I'm like, I need to slow down, and I need to spend more time with people and, and on that one-on-one. -on -one. Are you guys with me? Because it's really quiet in here. <laughs> okay, so it delights in the, a full life delights in unexpected pockets of time where nothing is scheduled. Oh, my gosh. That is so fun when that happens. I actually like to schedule those times. But for the unexpected pockets of time, like we just had something where we didn't have some meetings for one day, and I was like, oh, unexpected pocket of time. I will grab that in the summer, and guess what I did? I floated in that pool for hours. It was like three or four hours. I'm like, wow. That was a shot in the arm for the rest of the week, for a couple weeks, actually. So it's just this unexpected pockets of time where nothing is scheduled. It's just, it's fun. Busyness lacks fullness. So being, being under Satan's joke, like I said, I changed it to being under our Savior's yoke because it's, it is, the yoke is easy and the burden is light. So the, <clears throat> the reason it's easy is because we have access to the full armor of God. We have to remember that anything that the enemy throws at us is a counterfeit, that God has the real deal. We have the full armor of God. We have so much that he has given us. He's given us open gates, which means we have divine access. He's given us open windows, which means we have divine inspiration to think, create, receive dreams, visions, and concepts. 
He's given us open doors, which means we have divine opportunities. He's given us open ways, which means we have divine strategies for living. He's giving us open eyes for divine insight. He's giving us op- has given us open ears for supernatural concepts. And he's even given us an open nose so we can supernaturally discern things in the spirit realm. So see, we lack nothing. We have gates, windows, doors, ways, eyes, ears, nose, and the whole armor of God. So the enemy doesn't have anything over us at all. But we need to be the ones that step back and go, hey, have I chosen to be too busy? It's our choice. So it's not about, oh, the enemy. So even this thing, reading this about the enemy, that doesn't make any difference. I just thought it was humorous. But it doesn't make any difference because he doesn't have anything over us. And he doesn't have, he only has as much access as we give him. And if we give him this much, he's going to take it. And if we give him this much, he's going to party with it. So it's our choice. So we lack nothing. So we're just going to do a quick activation here. I told you to beat the Baptist. We're just going to do a quick activation here. So I actually just want everybody to close their eyes. We're just going to spend about a minute here. I'm just going to ask the Lord a couple things. So I want you to ask him, have I partnered with busyness? And for those of you that say he doesn't talk to me, yeah, he does. Ask him and you'll be really surprised. Have I partnered with busyness? Many of you have not. You're just living a full life, and that's awesome. This is just kind of, we're just on a spiritual checkup this morning. And then I want you to ask them, him, is there anything I need to let, let go of or lay down? Is there anything I need to lay down or let go of? A lot of times that very thing that we need to let go of is the very thing that we don't want to let go of, that we love, that we have a passion about. But we don't know. He could be switching it up for just now. It could be a later down the road type thing that you pick back up. But if he is asking you to lay something down, obedience is key. You want quick obedience to that because that will steal your time. That will water down your calling. So you want to make sure you're not holding on to anything because it's something you want to do. And then the last thing I just want you to say, is there anything I need to pick up? Is there anything I need to pick up? So God, I thank you for great clarity right now that everyone can hear your voice so clearly and they don't miss anything that you have to say to them. Open up their ears, God, so that they can hear you. Is there anything that they need to lay down? Is there anything that they need to pick up? Right. Well, short and sweet. Well, I don't know if it was sweet. Short. <laughs> so I just bless you guys in the name of Jesus. I bless your week. 
And just remember not to partner with busyness and just go at a slower pace and you'll probably get more done than if you were hurrying. So um, our ministry teams are gonna come forward now. They are